0: Kevin Kelly dominated high school football in Arkansas, winning nine state titles in 18 years at Pulaski Academy. He's now turning his attention to dominating the airwaves on the zone. He's brought to you by the Little Rock Athletic Club, who's currently building a state-of-the-art indoor pickleball facility. Little Rock Athletic Club, no contracts, and save 30% off joining fees.
1: It's not our question of the day today, but I will pose it to Coach anyway. Uh, coach Kelly, welcome. Who is more delusional, uh, Sam Pittman, talking about his offensive line, or Lincoln Riley talking about his defense? That's that's a
2: tough one. They're both pretty delusional if they're making those statements, you know, and mean <laughs> them and not joking around about it. But ah, uh, if I had to pick, I'd say Pittman. No, I'd say I'd say I'd say I'd say, I'd say uh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, that defense. If they're planning on winning a national championship, I mean, probably because their hopes are higher. They've got a chance to win a national championship. It's going to be tough unless they do something a little bit better.
0: (laughs) Coach, when you look at last week's uh, lack of offense, the uh, futility from the Razorbacks, what was the glaring thing besides the offensive line? We know they can't; they're, they're unable to run the ball, and they had struggles protecting. Uh, KJ, but what are you seeing? What did you see last week that really, I guess, frustrated you with the offense?
2: Uh, you just making the same mistakes over and over. I mean, can we try something different from whether it's the play calling or or a little bit of a breakdown here and there on the offensive line that may or may not be communication or just your lack of a lack of steam or ability to KJ holding the ball too long to been circling back to you know not being creative on offense not playing like you've got nothing to lose instead acting like you're the one coming in tight I mean all those things but mainly it's just the same stuff over and over the same mistakes that that's the big ones to me I guess we could if we're looking at the bright side go the penalties didn't seem to be as bad I mean they weren't good we had 10 for 70 10 penalties not good two and a half a quarter but but you know, uh, just seeing the same dumb stuff over and over as far as the mistakes and and inability to move football.
0: Coach, why is K.J. holding on to the ball too long at times? Is is it nobody's open? Is he not seeing the field? I mean, what would you guess? Because to me, you know, as bad as the offensive line's been, I'd be trying to get rid of the ball quicker.
2: I I, I always think, you know, it could be one of a few things. One is educating them on pre-snap reads and, and you know, and, and, and coming out and going, look at the defense. I know what the plays are. Picture yourself playing Madden football or NCAA football in a video game where you can press the button and it lays the pass routes on the field for you. To me, I've always taught quarterbacks to lay those pass routes on the field when the plays are your when you're up at the line, you know, call the cadence. And what probably, based on where their guys are lined up and the, and the coverage that's there, What probably is going to be the open guy here? And make that your first look or your progression, and as they like to call it up there, instead of reading defenders. And that's your probably. So catch the ball and start that throw. And if you need to pull it down, it's a good pump fake, and then you can go into your next one. And I don't think, I think that's the first thing is educating him on what to see and then pounding in his head how important it is to get that ball out. And I think that comes from the coaching staff. They need to educate him better. To the point where they've got to make him do it, or, or get him to do it, or you've got to make a change because our offensive line can't block as long as he's uh, as long as we're asking them to block right there. Some of it's play calling. I mean, I think you know you've got to be able to call the right routes against the right, right plays, against the right coverages, and leverages—not just coverages, but leverages. If they're cheating the linebacker in or out, or playing your head up, or slightly outside or inside, you know, plays change based on that, and and I think that's what we've got to be able to do because that enables them to get the ball out faster, too. So, you know, I put it a little bit. I spread the blame around. I think some of the communication on the offensive line doesn't appear to be where it should be because I see a guy Seeing things late on the offensive line and getting somewhere, but but overall, I put it on I put it on educating the quarterback first because being there, we've had a great offensive line before, where I've, my guy had five seconds to throw, but you don't have to do anything; you just don't stand back there and look for an open guy. Or you know my you know my the year we had the smallest offensive line of PA, I was educating on my guy on getting it out in two point two five seconds, so you can have time to get it out to somebody, but that's a lot, I mean a ton. Of educating the guy on the defense that's coming up the next week.
0: Well, speaking of the next week, it's Alabama. What kind of hope do you or what can they do to uh, improve the offense against one of the best defenses around?
2: I, I think I think they need to go in and and be and play really 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 loose and play really aggressive on offense. And you know, I think Steve Sullivan uh yesterday tweeted he would like to see us come out in no back and uh spread the ball around and get the ball out quick. You know, I, I think that's a great idea. And people go, well that's just the opposite of what I would think because the offensive line's not blocking very well. When you put five receivers out there, what it does is it unmuddies the waters in the box with for, for the offensive line because they've got to take another linebacker out of the box. So now the blitz schemes and the games that they play inside, they can't cloud them or they can't cover them up or, 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 or you know, costume them up to make it hard for the offensive line to see what's coming because it takes a whole another human out of there. And I think that's a good idea. And, and, and open the game up and play like we've got nothing to lose. Throw two or three trick plays and run a trick play per quarter you know, if you can. If nothing else, even if the play doesn't work, it makes the defense apprehensive about just going, you know, 100 miles an hour to the ball every single time they see it move one way or the other with a handoff or a quarterback looking one way or whatever. If you just throw a couple of trick plays in to make them have to be a little reluctant to come downhill all the time. Uh, play action passing, I, I, that's the first thing I would institute because that metal make Alabama's linebackers not just be able to come downhill and crush the run because of the fact that you might pull it out of the belly, and now they've got to turn and sprint back to that open field intermediately about 15 yards deep. And I, I think that's the first thing I would do is, is I would approach it that way. And I would be careful about throwing long, uh, long out routes across the field away from the hash because their guys are so fast, they break on the ball so well, you're asking for trouble in that regard.
1: Let's flip it around. We're talking to Kevin Kelly for just tuning in. It's courtesy of the Little Rock Athletic Club. So – Arkansas defensively, especially related to Milrow, and again, there's been a lot of talk about his improvement. I don't know what kind of development you've seen from him, Coach. Just curious what your thoughts are on him as a passer and what Arkansas can do to, to defend a little bit better against him than they did the last time they saw him in, in limited time when he came in.
2: Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's funny because after they pulled him after the first game or second game or whatever it was and, and experimented with a couple other guys, after I guess it was Texas game, after they experimented, I wondered if he would lose confidence. I really felt like they would come back to him because there's probably, you know, Nick Saban is not going to mess up and spring ball and seeing a kid play and fall camp and seeing a kid play, picking the guy and be wrong that early. And I was worried about it hurting his confidence. But I think, you know, Wes, or, Wes said it right well ago is they're figuring out what the guy can do and do well, and they're learning to call plays around him instead of just call what they want to. But call what, call what really... Uh, highlights his strength and what they've done well is they're letting him run a little bit. And uh, the week before, last week he didn't run very much he didn't run very well. He got sacked up and that kind of stuff. But like Wes said, they're throwing the ball in the open space behind the linebackers, the intermediate passes and, and doing good. I mean you've got to worry about their run because with him able to run and and you know a good group of running backs, whether we like it or not, and A and a really good defense. They came downhill on runs and allowed that little 10- to 12-yard space behind the linebackers, and Alabama was able to use that and throw passes where guys catch it on the run and end up with 20-yard plays. Like like Wes said, he ended up with more 20-yard plays than anybody. And so they're working really hard to give him, make him have open windows to throw the ball in because they know he's not super accurate with the ball. But all of a sudden, if you've got a guy that's wide open by three yards, it's a lot easier to hit the same guy in the chest as it is if you've got a guy with that's only a half-yard open. You know, you just have a tendency not to trust yourself and throw it there and hesitate. And when they when they run good plays and play action and, and call it around him plays that he's confident in, he looks a lot better like anybody would.
1: All right, let's uh, move on to a couple other things here. One of the interesting statistical anomalies we noticed today, this will not shock anybody probably, is that, the top three scoring offenses in the country playing the Pac-12, USC, Oregon, and Washington, the top three scoring defenses in the country playing the Big Ten. And it's the big three out of the East, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. If you had to pick a group to win the national championship, Coach, which group would you go with?
2: Pac- Pac-12 for sure. I, I, just I thought think defense wins championships. Offense?
1: You're talking to Kevin Kelly. He's going offense. I thought, I thought defense wins <laughs> championships. What a bunch of nonsense, huh?
2: Well, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it is not in, in a game. In a game that, in a, in a game, listen, if we, uh, you know, if we hold them to a shutout, you know, we we might go to overtime. But if we score more mm-hmm. than they do, we won't go to overtime. So you know, you can look at it like that. But 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 I mean, look, look, look seriously, the game is offensively ruled now, right? I mean, the rules are made where you can't target. As soon as they change the targeting receivers rule, and I'm glad they did, as soon as they change that, the coaches yeah. that still aren't throwing the ball between the, between the numbers and between the hashes don't have any sense. Because your guy can't get killed. They're not as worried about catching the ball. They're going to catch it better. The short, the, a 20-yard throw down the middle of the field is a 20-yard throw from the line of scrimmage. A 20-yard throw to the sideline is a 32-yard throw in the same mm-hmm. exact spot. So how long yeah. do you want the ball in the air? You know, it's an offensive-ruled game now, and, and they're designated for that, and that's why it's a lot easier to win with. with You know, it makes U.S.D. able to win the game without as, as good a defense as Tom. But when you look at teams like Washington and Oregon that can play offense and it's shown they can play some defense too, you know, I think that's where the real threat comes to win that. And until the Big 12, you know, I think Texas, Oh, they're just new Texas things sometimes. I think they've got a really good football team. But until Texas and Oklahoma get back to where they were, you know, I don't think the Big 12 is a real, a real threat, to be honest with you. I mean, Penn State probably hasn't been a chance to
1: play there. An interesting stat, too. And, again, I, just, I like had time to go through all the ESPN info we get, so I was nerding out in the car. And Wes loves numbers, too. So we were making fun of USC's defense, but they are ranked, I think, in total defense ahead of – LSU. So, Brian Kelly, what's going on down there, son? I mean, we got to get it together.
2: Well, you look at that, too. I mean, it's a little misleading. They run a fast-paced offense. The other team gets more plays and more possessions in the game than they do. So, I would look at points per possession more than points per game or total yards per game because, you know, if they're running against LSU, because LSU likes to huddle it up a lot, takes their time a little bit. If, you're, if your team's getting – If your defense is facing a team running 65 plays at LSU and they're facing a team running 85 plays against USC, you're going to give up more total yards. So it's more like yards per play and things like that is what you look at to really determine how good your defense is.
1: It's a great weekend for football. Any game you got your eye on outside of the Arkansas game?
2: Oh, man. Well, did I I win our head-to-head thing again?
1: Uh, I don't know. I picked Alabama to cover against AM last week and they did, so I got lucky, but I'll take it.
2: Well then I guess that's good. No, I, you know, the the Ohio State Purdue game, I mean the lines have been game. I like the Purdue coach. I think if they've ever if they're ever gonna play good and give somebody a run, Ohio State's played some close games. I think that'll be a decent game. I don't know why I really do. I mean some twenty point line. But I really think that's going to be a good game. Obviously, Oregon and Washington is the game of the week. I, I don't know if ESPN is going to be out there. But I think that's going to be a really good game. And let us we're going to have a chance to really see if, if the Phoenix guy is, is really as good as, yeah. you know, if he's Heisman material. Because I think he overtook uh, Caleb Williams the week before last in the in the odds as far as winning yeah, the Heisman he trophy. So mm-hmm. that's going to be good. I think Texas A&M-Tennessee is a great game. I think Texas A&M may Agreed. win that game. Even even okay. though it's at Tennessee, so I think that's going to be a good one. LSU, Auburn, to be a good game too. Although I think LSU probably, I think LSU probably takes that one. So those those are three like, I'll be watching that look the best.
1: You like USC to win in Notre Dame?
2: Yes, yeah, I do. Okay,
1: I yeah, just I think, think so in too.
2: the in mm-hmm. the end in the end, end, end I, I think they're a better team. They have got the X factor, Caleb with As long as he doesn't do anything though. I mean, he's 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 like a, like everybody talks about. He's a faster Patrick Mahomes. And I mm-hmm. think, it, it, you know, he can hurt him in the running game if he wants to. And I think he'll do that against Notre Dame some if they play like they did against Ohio State. I think he'll be able to do that. You know, it's going to be tough because Notre Dame's Notre Dame and playing there in front of touchdown Jesus and all that stuff, not really in right. front of him. He's off to the side. But but uh, I, I think that's a good game, and I think USC will win that one. And I think that's good. I think football's better when. when when all the conferences have a real chance, like you talked about Pac-12, Big 12, when it's not just the SEC and the Big Ten, you know, Ohio State, Penn State. Football's a lot better, and and I like it. So I hope USC does win, uh, even though I'm not a big USC fan, just because I still want to have more teams in the mix. So we can argue at the end of the year about who really needs to make the playoffs.
1: Coach, let me ask you about uh, one last thing, and then we'll let you go. we got to... Kind of run along here since we're on the road today, but uh, Cowboys looking for a bounce back after getting put in their place against San Francisco. Uh, what everything that's going on in the world? You want to talk about that? They're playing at L.A. this week, Coach. Chargers two and two, Cowboys three and two. They got to win this game, right? Um,
2: I mean, talk about a giant letdown. They finally got me back on the blue Kool-Aid, and then they go late and absolute rotten egg in and, and San Francisco and and just got manhandled. And the bad thing was in my online article for Sharp Football, I picked the Cowboys to win the game straight up. And, and, like, it never had a shot. I know. I mean, how bad. And I knew my bias was there. But I do think it's a must-win game. Here's why it's a must-win game. You know, number one, after you lose a game like that, you whether anybody likes it or not, when the media comes out, the guys are seeing it. And they're going to start questioning things that the media is questioning, that the fans are questioning, like Dak and, like, you know, the defense and this and that and the other. And if you don't eliminate those questions quickly with a win, that resonates and all of a sudden it causes problems. And people won't like to say there's problems in the locker room. But there's always the the, the growth of a possible problem in the locker room. And if they go to the Chargers and, number one, if they lay another egg, they're going to have some real problems on their hands, and I don't think McCarthy is the guy that, that can walk in there and motivate that locker room and, uh, and get them back together. and And so they knew to, do need to do that. The good news for them is is the Chargers are uh, the, 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 and the Vikings always play one score a game. And if that one's going to stay a one score game, I think the Cowboys are going to win it, it, it because the Cowboys I, I, I have a better offensive line. You know, they've got better receivers, I think, overall, especially with Mike Williams being out for the Chargers. And uh, and I think their running game's better on offense. And defensively, the Chargers at times have been really good, but they're very, very sporadic. And you can't really call Dallas' defense sporadic. I mean, they had a horrible game against against the 49ers, obviously. They cut them up. But, but I think they're more consistent. They're just a better football team, even though – you know, on the coast two weeks in a row, the West Coast is, is, is tough. But, but I think the Cowboys yeah. are a better
0: football team. Coach, there's one, one other part of this. <clears throat> With Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator and letting him go, you you don't want him to outscore. And those kind of questions will then pop up. Would the Cowboys have been better off keeping Kellen Moore around? Now that he's gone, he just beat you and your offense is struggling.
2: Yeah, I mean, gosh they don't want that to happen for darn sure. And, and, I, and I, for one, if it was good, the way it was going to be this year, I would keep, I would have kept telling him. You know, and, and I know that's, you know, obviously it's history and past, but he's going to have this game circled, so I think that's a game that uh, Dallas is going to have to outscore them, quite honestly. And I uh, hope Micah Parsons is up to the pass, he puts pressure, because Khalil Mack, the defensive end of the Chargers two weeks ago, had six sacks. And Ooh. of course, given it was against a rookie quarterback, it was a in one game, yeah, I mean that hadn't been done. I think I think Derek uh, 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 Thomas for Kansas City is the only guy that's ever eclipsed that. So, so they've got their hands they got their hands full and their work cut out for them. And especially because Kellen Moore will know a lot of the tendencies of, of even McCarthy because they counseled each other in the play caller last year. So it'll be tough, but I think the Cowboys win. It.
1: Yeah, that's a rough one for sure. Uh, I don't imagine that's probably going to be repeated this week. We'll see. Coach, uh, thank you for the time we got to run. Sorry about that. But uh, thanks to our friends over at the Little Rock Athletic Club. I know you uh, appreciate what they do. And we'll look forward to hanging out with you next week in person, hopefully.
2: Yeah, I appreciate their sponsorship and Frank Lawrence and all that they do. And at the same time, I also uh, uh, like coming on and talking some ball with you guys. And like that my family's membership membership there is, is fun. I'm keeping everybody healthy.